Today is uh, uh, September thirteenth, uh, twenty twenty-one. We don't we don't normally uh, specify the date that we record, but it is two days uh, after the twentieth anniversary of September eleventh, two thousand one. And um, I just, you know, I feel like it would be weird if we didn't talk about it. Um, and we don't have to get uh, deep into it, but it is kind of a segue into the subject that I do want to talk about. Um, but I don't know. Do you want to begin? Like, what are your thoughts about that day? Uh, you and I saw each other that that morning. Um, mm. But, you know, do you have any recollections, any feelings, any thoughts, uh, whatever? Uh, you know, it's it's. um it's funny because it's um that day is the birthday of uh my uh, my wife's deceased mom uh so it's this thing where you know it's uh there's a lot of emotion you during that day for many reasons like i was in mm-hmm. new york city the day that happened um you know and to meet somebody after that fact and you know like it's like oh wow you know the september 11th was something completely different for you and it's like you know it, intertwined with this as well uh so that must have been very interesting but um but that was just an aside like for me it's like um like i was in midtown manhattan uh when that or down or downtown whatever you want to call it um it's midtown i was yeah it's midtown i guess um so you know i i was there when the whole thing happened and um you know, when I first heard the message, you know, the news, it was like, oh, a, a plane crashed into the World Trade Center. Um, but there was no specificity on what kind of plane or whatever. So I just kind of assumed it was some sort of propeller plane, like some private jet that somebody like, you know, uh, yeah, just misnavigated or something weird. Right. Or whatever. Like like in 1938, um, when a small uh, plane crashed into uh, the Empire State Building. Right, right. So I was thinking it was something to that effect that, you know, what I yeah. mean, like, you know, and then after news continues, it's like, oh, no, it was a 747. And I thought, wait, what? Right. How did that happen? That's, that must have been disastrous. And the thing about it is that while that was happening, I was downstairs just getting like a, you know, like a butter roll and a, and a coffee or whatever. And I started noticing that people were just kind of looking in a certain direction up in the sky from where I was. But I didn't pay any mind. I, you know, I usually just kind of disregard the general public in New York City, um, <laughs> and just kept moving. Kept, yeah, I just kept yeah, moving. Yeah. It was just sort of my thing. <coughs> and then I get upstairs and I hear about it or whatever. And then as news, uh, you know, continued, you know, this started realize we everybody started realizing that this is serious. And then a second plane hits, and then we hear reports about a plane crashing in, in you know. Philly in or Pennsylvania somewhere and, and one in DC by the Pentagon and I'm like, oh my God, what the f is happening? It was such a surreal moment. And when I got downstairs, because we were dismissed, we were like, hey, everybody get home safe and you know, just just leave. And when I get downstairs, um a part of midtown Manhattan that's usually just really crowded suddenly was barren. There were no cars. There were no, like, the the parking lot was empty that was just full 30 minutes ago. Um, It was, like, nothing I've ever seen. And then, like, a cab came up the street, and I happened to just got get lucky and hail the cab. And I asked where he I'm going, and I told him, I'm going to the Bronx, and he was going to Queens. So I hopped in, and he was like, oh, okay, cool, that's going to work out. And on the way there, I saw a horde of people just sort of gathering at the you know, 
uh, 59th Street Bridge and just, you know, trying to cross over. And it was like almost impenetrable. <laughs> so we, it took us a while to get through that. Uh, but we navigated around it and I was, I got, I got pretty lucky. A lot of people, um, did not. And a lot of people never made it home. But one of the things that impacted me the most was, you know, the, like after I heard everything that happened, like, yeah, you know, like for me, I was like, whatever, I was a little shook up and whatever, but at the end of the day, I was fine. But then there were voicemails that played that day, mm. uh, about family members. Um, yeah, I think it was a few you know, days they, later, but yeah, the, I, cause I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And, and I could totally be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure it started a few days later. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, the, the first reports were just of people like jumping out of the window, right? And you start to realize it's like, oh man, you know, how crazy must it have been there? You know, how hopeless must that person been to just be like, oh my God, I, I got to jump out of this window. Yeah, they right. didn't want to burn to death. Right, right. And so, and, and you know, and, and so that's, then the buildings come crumbling down. And, you know, like when, when I heard that on the radio and I looked right behind me as we were heading uptown, I looked behind me and the, like, it looked like the world was collapsing behind me and it was coming after us. Like you mm. could, you could see, like I was probably somewhere in the sixties and you could see that coming down the plume of smoke and everything that was just like there it was it looked like it was it looked like it was uh alive like it was coming after you it was it was surreal um but there were so many stories of humanity you know um so many stories of like bravery and you know and and, and sacrifice and you know i it's something that like kind of lives with me all the time um, I think it forever changed uh, the United States, honestly. In what way? I think that's um, at least for 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 the generations living, it's uh, it's just one of those things where it's like you start to see it's like, oh my God, but like you know, we are the United States is vulnerable. You know, I think people got frightened. You know, I I I don't think a lot of people have healed from that. You know, uh, I've seen I've met a lot of people who've had survivors guilt. You know, people that worked at the World Trade Center worked near it. Um, that, you know, either were sick that day, didn't make it in or whatever, um, was, was supposed to be there for some reason or the other and just did it. And, you know, there's just so many stories and so many, so many things. But, um, one of the things that I, I, I find really interesting is one of the things that you've always pointed out and it's that, you know, when everybody calls to say goodbye to their loved ones, when we, they, they, several days later, they played like those voicemails and you called me about that. And everyone called the people that they love the most to tell them that they love them. Right. There were voicemails all about that all the time, you know, playing over and over. And like you said, you know, that's what's important in life. You know? Yeah. Um, it, it really, it really, it really, you know, uh, you know, explain humanity in such a tragic way, but it did. It's like, you know, that that's what we live for. Yeah. We live for the people that we, and, that we and, love. Yeah. And that, yeah. and that became the positive takeaway for me as well. Um, yeah. you know, cause you know, as I mentioned earlier, we saw each other that morning and I think it was right before you hopped in the cab. Um, yeah. you know, and, and my day started off 
at a uh, at a high school office um, because I was registering my son in a in a school because uh, he was living with me that summer um, for reasons I won't get into, but um, uh, I I was I was showing up to the office late because I had to go do this thing. And here's the interesting thing that happened to me. After I registered my son, uh, my uh, my fiance and I, we were 32 days away from being married, and uh, my fiance and I drove to the the uh, the train station, and I hear on the radio about a plane hitting the tower, right? Mm-hmm. And like you, I was like, "Oh, it must be some small plane it up. Maybe the pilot had a heart attack or something." Because it was a perfectly clear day, so it right. wasn't like like with in the case of the Empire State Building, it was I believe it was a foggy night, and they just couldn't see. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, I just kind of assumed that the only way a plane could have hit that is either some kind of mechanical failure or the pilot had a heart attack and, you know, didn't control the plane, whatever. So it, I just kind of like, I was just like, oh, wow, you know, because we're New Yorkers, so we hear wild shit all the time, you know, yeah, and then just, you just kind of, so much. yeah, you know, you just kind of just, you you go, oh, f- and, and you just move on. And, um, but then I, then I started hearing, you know, they were talking more about it, and like like you said, suddenly it's a it's a full airliner that hit the thing, and yeah. I'm like, whoa, what? And at that point, I had been flying flight flight simulations, which qualifies me for nothing, but I did understand a little bit about avionics, and I did understand right. a little bit about the instrumentation. Uh, my flight sims were jet planes, but I still understood, uh, like fighter planes, uh, I, I, which are different avionics than a jumbo jet. But it you you get a little feeling for like you know how they work, right? So I'm like, wow, like that's that's weird. Like that's all I could think was like that's weird. That doesn't sound right. That a that a right. a, a big plane like that because because uh, what I knew was enough that a lot of things would have to go wrong in succession or even at the same time in order for that to happen. So it just struck me as very strange. And then we walk up to the platform of the train. The train pulls up and right as the train pulled up, because I had, I, had, I had wanted to keep listening to the story. So now I was listening to it on my little um, portable radio. Right, I had like this little uh, MP3 player that was also an FM radio, yeah. so I ke- I kept listening, and uh, when I when I w- when the train pulled up, just in that moment as the doors were opening, they said another plane hit the second tower, and I was mm-hmm. like, something is obviously really wrong, but totally habitually, I still stepped onto the fucking train. Yeah. And then it got real funky because now on the way into Manhattan, I see this. Oh, wow. There's like a thunderstorm happening. <laughs> I wonder if the mics are picking that up. But anyway, um, 
on the on the on the train ride into the city because I lived on Long Island at the time. So the train ride into the city, um, you know, you can clearly see that part of the city uh, right. as you're coming in on on the train, and there's just this billowing, you know, smoke and all this. Sh- the towers were still up at the time, mm-hmm. and you know, I I I I say goodbye to my fiance. And I'm just full of trepidation. And the next few things that happened, I'm not quite sure what the order was, but I know I walk up to the office and you were standing outside, uh, which by the way, just to kind of sidetrack off of how unreliable memory is, for years I forgot that I had seen you. Like it was in conversation really? that it finally, yeah, you you reminded me that and I was like, oh, I did see you that morning. Like I, I just totally forgot that I had seen you, and because uh, that's what trauma does, you know, trauma fucks with your with your memory. Um, what struck me about being outside the building, because you know, we saw each other, and you were like, "All right, I'm I'm taking off." I was like, "Good luck, bro. Love you, ba ba ba." The whole thing. The crowd that you referenced earlier, they were looking downtown because we were on Thirty First Street between Fifth and Sixth, right? Mm-hmm. So. When I was looking at the crowd, they were looking downtown on Fifth Avenue, and someone peeled off from the crowd and walked over to the uh, the little crowd that was standing in front of our building, and the guy mm-hmm. said, one of the towers just fell. Now, yeah, right. oh, damn, this lightning is close. I just saw the flash, and the fucking thunder happened immediately afterwards. <laughs> Oh, right. yeah, I definitely nice. heard that one. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Anyway, um, so when he said those words to me, and, and I'm going to backtrack for a moment. When I was in second or third grade, we did a field trip. And uh, I believe it was to the um, Statue of Liberty. And the towers were being built at the time. And... I only remember because the teacher pointed it out. Oh, those are going to be the tallest buildings in the world. You know, they're called the World Trade Centers, whatever it was. And I just like, so they've been a staple of my life since I was like seven or eight years old. You know? Right. And when that guy said the towers just fell, or one tower just collapsed, I think is how he said it. I swear to you, I didn't understand what he meant. Like, I heard what he said. I could tell by how he said it that it was a bad thing. And every part of me, in terms of my central nervous system, knew that this was bad. But I honestly did not understand the words. And still to this day, 20 years later... I it's they are like a phantom limb to me. I I still can't understand how those fucking towers are not there. You know, it's yeah, just yeah. one of those it's just one of those parts of my brain that just won't connect to reality. Like the towers are gone. I know this intellectually, but emotionally it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> it just doesn't yeah, add up in yeah. my brain that those beautiful fucking towers that most New Yorkers just use as part of their orientation of direction um, could be gone. It's just impossible to me. 
So right after that guy said that another thing happened, and again, I'm not sure of the order, but uh, oh, the, okay, so the, the, the thunder is getting a little bit uh, delayed from the flash, so it's moving away from me. That's a good thing, because otherwise that, I might be pretty well f- <laughs> But anyway, um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I was uh, I spent hours upon hours upon hours playing a flight simulation game, and it was an F-15 simulator. So... Yeah. I had the sound of F-15 engines in my ears for anywhere from three to eight hours every fucking night for a long, long time, like probably over a year, right? And suddenly I heard that very familiar sound of F-15 engines, And I've been a a New Yorker all my life. I've spent very little time away from New York in my life. Two and a half years, basically. Um, uh, But up until 2001, you know, aside from the first two years of my life in the Dominican Republic, I was a New Yorker. And I had never heard that sound in New York. And it it turns out that F-15s had never flown over New York before that day. Right. So when I heard the sound and I looked up and I caught the the very distinctive uh, twin tailpipes, and just now I looked up, which is such a weird thing, but I'm kind of reliving the memory. But I, I looked up and I saw these twin tailpipes flying, you know, zooming through the sky uh, just for a split yeah. second. And I was like, this is f- F-15s are flying over Manhattan. This is f***ed. And then my next thought was, I have to get to Janine. And uh, that's what I did. I figured out, I don't even remember exactly how I got. I think I also took a cab. Or maybe I jumped on a bus. I don't even f***ing remember. Uh, She was on 54th and uh, Park. So... uh, Whichever way I got there, I got there. And what really freaked me the fuck out was that I got to her office before she did. Mm. And so when I walked into that office and she wasn't there, my heart sank. I was like, this is the love of my life. We're, We're scheduled to be married in 32 days. I love this woman beyond measure. And now she's missing. Now, the only saving grace was that that horrible feeling did not last long. Like she she walked in maybe about a minute or two after I did. And she saw me and just broke down crying. And so now it was like, okay, my best friend is headed home. My fiance is with me. My son's on Long Island. Um, So now I go into solution mode. What do I have to do next? What what are the next steps? And like you said, people had started walking over bridges. And I thought, okay, that's a possible thing. So let's figure out what we're going to do. So the first thing we decided is probably the safest place was her father's office, which was on 57th Street and uh, like right off of 6th. 
And her father's office happened to be in the basement. He was a general contractor, and, and he leased space in the basement of this, of this building. So I thought that would be a safe place. If anything else happens and we are under attack, then that'll be a good place to be. And then yeah, I thought, okay, in, in case we have to walk, let's go to the shoe store and buy sneakers because I had on my dress shoes. So we bought, yeah. we bought, we both bought sneakers. And here's one of the things that was one of those quintessential New York things that still amazes me to this day. Walking to and from the shoe store, which was just maybe a block and a half or so from her father's office, there were people sitting outside because it was a beautiful September day. It was very warm. It, yeah. was, it was bright and sunny. It was beautiful. So downtown, just, you know, a couple miles away from us, mm -hmm. all hell is breaking loose. But on right. 57th Street, there were people sitting outside of cafes sipping coffee. Yeah. And that mm -hmm. still fucking amazes me. <laughs> that I like, I, I sometimes wonder if I made that up in my imagination, but I remember it was just so vivid to me. Like, no, I like, I, I how could you it. be doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the most bizarre thing, right? Like, dude, do you not understand what's happening now? There is a chance that New York City is engaged in a war. Right. And you're, and I yeah, remember yeah. this one guy sitting in khaki shorts, and maybe he's an amalgamation of several people that I saw, but this is what I remember a guy sitting in khaki shorts, white dude with his legs crossed with like boat shoes on or loafers or something and just sipping some kind of fucking coffee and i was like how how is this happening yeah. at the same time that this wild is going on and so right. after that i made the decision that we're not going to walk across the bridges i was like because you know if something happens if something else happens because uh, they were talking about, you know, attacking the Empire State Building, and we worked around the corner from the fucking Empire State Building. And, right. you know, I was just like, yeah, a bridge is, you're totally vulnerable. If anything happens, you know, I've seen too many fucking action films to understand that the bridges always get blown up, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah, so yeah. I was just like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And plus, I just don't believe in following the masses. So, you know, even though I knew there's a chance that we have to walk, I'm not going to just walk for no fucking reason, you know? Right, right. And so, um, you know, all communication was interrupted. Um, it was hard to get anything. It was hard to get internet. It was hard to get TV. Um, but we were just kind of piecing together what was going on. And I just remember the, the next few hours of my life were just surreal, you know, because um, about three or so hours after it all started um, or sometime late in the afternoon. Um, so it might be even longer. It might've been five or six hours. Uh, the, the Long Island Railroad started running again. And yeah. so we made our way to Penn Station. Very fucking eerie vibe there. And then we made our, uh, our way onto the train. That train ride was like no other train ride I've ever had. It was yeah. it was ominous. It was eerie. People were were 
at the height of trauma. Um, yeah. I'm sure I was one of them. But the only thing that saved me that day is, you know, my, my thing that I always talk about, which is solution mode. When shit is happening, I go into this mechanism of survival, which is don't panic, don't freak out, focus on what's next. Just, just right. figure out what's next. And then once you figure out what's next, figure out what's next after that. And I right. don't think about anything else. Just what's in front of mm -hmm. me right now? What are my options? What are the possibilities? What's the smartest thing to do for self-preservation? And that was it. Yeah. And then I got home and that's when it hit me. Because it was about six o'clock at night, I think, that we got home. And that's when it all just started hitting me. That's when I, that's when I saw the actual footage on the news and... It was, it was just crazy. And that was, that was Tuesday. And I remember, and, and we'll end on a light note that, um, our, our manager decided that we should all get on a conference call just to talk. It wasn't about okay. business. It was, yeah, do you remember that call? Yeah, I remember that call. Yeah. So vaguely, but I remember it happening. Okay, so I'll tell you the highlight of the call for me. Because it was, you know, I thought it was very thoughtful that he decided to do that. Because um, I consider him a, a, a douche. <laughs> and so, you know, so, you know, nobody's monolithic. And this happened to have a very thoughtful moment and said, hey, you know, I just want to make sure every, let, let's just check in with each other. Don't worry about work. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to it when we get back to it. But, you know, let, let's just... You know, let, let's just talk. And, and again, I think it was either like Thursday or Friday of that of that week. And I remember that one of the installers was downtown installing one of my deals. And he talked about like, yeah, he was he was installing one of my deals when the fucking first plane hit and my heart yeah. just sank. I was like, oh, my yeah. God, this guy could have gotten fucking hurt or killed. Or, or I mean, Jesus, you know, but, yeah. you know, in typical fashion, I saw a punchline and I couldn't avoid it. <laughs> yes, and I remember. I remember and I remember <laughs> saying, I remember saying to him, hey, uh, I don't want to be insensitive, but did you finish the install? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I remember his name too. It was great. Yeah, and and <laughs> yeah. the the highlight the highlight was made even better by the fact that through all the nervous laughter and groans, all I could really hear was the high pitched wail of your laugh. <laughs> Because you, you love that more than anybody else on the call. <laughs> Absolutely. That no, was brilliant. Was <laughs> and then our manager, with perfect timing, said, hey, that's a perfect spot to end the call. <laughs> Take yeah, care, everybody. Yeah. And we got off the call. But, um, yeah. yeah, that was, that was, it was so great to, to hear, 
uh, your laugh because I fucking love your laugh. And I, I will, I will virtually do anything to make you laugh because I love your fucking (laughs) laugh. And, and so, yeah, that, that was, that was that week. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and then, and then that, uh, again, I, I think it was that weekend that they started playing the voicemail messages and that was life changing for me. Um, I don't know. Yeah. If if whatever America went through collectively had any permanent kind of effect, um, I definitely get the idea that people for the first time might have understood that, like, yeah, it doesn't take much to disrupt here, you know? Right, um, right. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, the whole kumbaya uh, didn't last too long. I think we got about two mm-hmm. weeks of that be, before George the Dumber got on TV and started saying ridiculous things. And, uh, yeah. you know, we, we squandered an opportunity to really bring people together. Um, and um, the anti-Middle Eastern, se- uh, you know, sentiments that were expressed rather violently uh, both emotionally violently and physically violently were a shame, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when people wax poetic about, Oh, we had, we all came together. I'm like, yeah, no, that didn't happen. That's what you think yeah. happened, but that didn't happen. There were a lot of people getting hurt, uh, because we, right. we didn't all come together. It would have been great if we had, it would have been great if that togetherness, uh, had any lasting effect. I think but we could have, yeah, we could have, but, but, Yes and no. Like, theoretically, we could have, but that's not how humans are wired. Humans are wired for the immediacy of their situations. Um, Whatever it is you're going through, your brain does what it does to try to get you to survive through that incident. Um, It's been proven in tests that Roaches actually have more long-term capability in terms of planning than humans do. Um, it's not our forte. Roaches. Long, yeah, yeah. Ro- roaches are better organized really? long-term. Yeah, um, you know, but that, and that's how they're wired. Uh, humans are wired for the now, right? They don't mm. do that well for long-term. You know, um, because really our life is about now. Like it's. You know, every day we got to find food to stuff in our face. Every day we got to figure out, you know, how not to get hurt and things like that, you know. And 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 if you go back far enough, it was like, how do you avoid the animals that are trying to kill you? You know, that kind of shit. So that's that's right. what we're wired for. We're, we're not wired to have an incident, have long-term impacts on us. You know, some do, of course, you know, touching fire and, you know, things like that. You know, uh, but that's how extreme it has to be. It has to be like an extremely painful thing in order for it to have mm. lasting effect. Um, right. So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, the goodly feelings that we had didn't last. And we went back to figuring out how to hate each other uh, pretty efficiently. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, that's that's one thing that I, I, I think that we had an opportunity there that we missed and um like for for instance for me that day i was like for the first time ever i was like really afraid of crossing a bridge 
right? Mm. Especially if it was crowded, right? And to this day, every once in a while, I still get anxiety when I cross the GW Bridge or any any long bridge, especially when it's like slow traffic in it and you're just kind of sitting there and on the bridge. Yeah. It's like you're kind of, you know, whether it's a tunnel or whatever, like there's always a little bit of anxiety. Like, it's fine. It's under control. I can drive. I'm on, you know, I, I realize that it's just, you know, it's just stuff that's like going on in my head, but it just, it never fails. It always happens. Um, and that's something that has stuck with me since. Like, it's not paralyzing or anything like that, you know, but it's, yeah. it's definitely like in my mind, you know, so. Um, and I, and I think that there's probably some of that for a lot of people, you know? Yeah. Well, it's commonly referred to as PTSD. Um, right. but let me, you know, w- with the example that you gave, I want to quote Al Pacino and say, you f- Damn it! That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so so uh, <laughs> this um, the, the whole topic of nine eleven um, got me thinking about uh, the persistent rumor of terrorism. Because mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that. Terrorism, like who is a terrorist, really depends on who you ask, right? Yeah. And I think it's interesting because, you know, the old saying is one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter, right? Sure. Uh, Because I doubt in their, you know, cave meetings in the Middle East that they're going, okay, we're the bad guys, uh, we're the terrorists, and they're the good guys, and, you know, they're, you know... Cause and and it's and it's interesting that in a different context we are the champion of terrorists, right? So right. the example I'll give for that, and there's many examples that I could give, but I think one of the best examples is is one of the most far-reaching, and that is Star Wars. By pretty much every definition, the Rebel Alliance is a terrorist group. You've got yeah, you're absolutely the, right. you've got the Empire, which is the big, powerful, um, heavily militarized government, right? Uh, which you could which you could uh, compare to America, and mm-hmm. then you've got this small group of people who don't like what that government is doing, and right. since they know that they're outgunned by the government, they can't engage in straightforward warfare so they turn to terrorist tactics because here's the thing that i've never heard anybody talk about with regard to star wars and some of the things that the rebel alliance did so the blowing up of the death star okay right yes the Death Star was a military installation. Right. However, do we imagine for a moment that every single person that was on the Death Star was in the military? Yeah, right. Exactly. They, right? Had, they had people that were neutral. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you're right. Or how about this? 
fucking janitors. Right? Right. Uh, doctors. Ca- doctors, cafeteria workers, etc. electricians, right. plumbers, blah, 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 down the line. You know, it, it was a giant fucking spaceship that had to be maintained. So, like, right. all of the... All of the uh, uh, types of contractors and types of laborers that would be on any military base were there and they're not in the military so these people are civilians and they got maybe human resources (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, that's true chancleta yes (laughs) I'll go on time out <laughs> I I just love that you know that you were derailing the conversation with that one. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So, so please proceed. Do do we hold the Rebel Alliance? Uh, uh, responsible for the fact that they didn't just kill people in the military. They killed innocent civilians that were on the Death Star. And some people might say, well, the greater good. It's like, okay, but now you're backpedaling. Because when you look at the definitions for what constitutes a terrorist group, um, very often the discussion revolves around killing people who are not directly connected to the people that you're fighting against right, right. so when when you blow up the towers you're killing non-combatants you're you know when you drop a bomb on Hiroshima and then another bomb 3 days later on Nagasaki you are killing innocent people and by the way, let me go right. on record. If if no one knows this, um, well, I'm not no one, but if 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 whoever's listening uh, doesn't know this, um, America is literally the only country that's ever unleashed nuclear weapons on another country. And I think it's yes. the height of hypocrisy for them then to go around saying, "Well, I we don't want you having nukes. You're irresponsible." Right. <laughs> that's right. fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. anyway, the point is, is that, again, the terrorist is dependent on who you're asking is the terrorist. You know, Americans right. fear brown people. They assume that all brown people are, are the ones that are potential terrorists. And it's like, who was Timothy McVeigh? You know, right. he was a white, blonde haired, blue eyed Christian male who parked a van full of explosives under the fucking daycare center of a federal building and killed 168 men, women, and children. Right. So, you know, you're worried about the brown people, but who are the real terrorists? You know? Right. So that's I mean, that's the, why you know, I wanted to uh, bring that up. But what are your thoughts on that? No, I mean it. You you can say so many examples of different things that you know. It's like you know we have a lot of terrorists in this country as well, and and 
the, a large majority of them are not are white. You know what I mean? It's like if you if you look at if you look at situations like, um, you know, like who the the, the two presidents that got that got killed and shot, like Lincoln and Kennedy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that they were they were killed by white men, right? right? And so, you know, and yeah, you can get into the whole conspiracy. And Ronald, Ronald about, Reagan was know, shot by a white man. Ford was almost shot, shot by, by a white right. woman. Right. And so it's like, you know, it's like when you look at groups, to me, this is, this is the one thing that I always hated. It's like when you look at a group, any group of people, you're always going to have, you know, some bad apples. It's just what it is. A phrase but that I think I can't by and stand, large, but okay. Fine, fair. You, you know, you choose the one you like. <laughs> but the point is that you know, it, you 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 can take a you could take a, a large enough group of people and you can start to see like there's a lot of good here. We just have to we just have to start like learning about them. That's why to me like culture capital like just learning about different cultures is so like interesting to me because it's like when you start to realize it's like we, we all love the same thing. Like what 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 do people what do people get you know, uh, what gets people going? It's like love and family and you know, if you talk to anybody from whatever whatever party that you know a political party that they're affiliated with, it's like at the end of the day, it's like we all love the same things, but we have different ideologies on how to get there. We find and the, and the and the ideologies you know? are not even that different. Yeah. But but that's the thing. It's just like you know, it, it's 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 just like going back to to the story about the nine eleven, the, the voicemails. You know, everybody called somebody that they loved, right? Nobody called and like, and you said this many times, and this is you I'm quoting. But nobody called their stockbroker to put in one final order. Nobody called the person that they hated the most to tell them how much they hated them. Right. Every single person from whatever walk of life. They call the people that they love to tell them how much they love them because right. that's what matters. And that's what humans are. And, and you know, yeah. I think it was Mark Twain that said, like, um, travel is the enemy of prejudice, something like that. Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. Um, and it, it, what that alludes to is the idea is if you meet enough people, you understand yeah. that everyone's the same. You know, right? The, oh, there's different languages. Big fucking deal. I don't even know how languages sprang up, but whatever. There's different languages. <laughs> Big deal. Right. Right. Um, there's uh, there's different religions. There's different political beliefs. Uh, there's different customs. There's different foods. And last but not least, there's different fucking levels of melanin in skin and different skin tones, which is literally the most superficial thing about a human being but when you add up all of those differences they are nothing compared to the consistencies among people that that you're talking about you know it's it's like oh my culture uh we're really into family oh really sparky you think that's unique please tell me point out all the cultures that don't give a about family i'll wait yeah. You know, it's just a dumb culture. Oh, yeah, my yeah. my culture's really into 
fucking food. Oh, really? Really? Nobody else likes to eat, you fucking yeah. moron? Like, what the fuck right, are you talking yeah. about? Oh, <laughs> you know? but the music in my culture. Shut the right. fuck up. Everybody right. thinks their music is the shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just the way it is. And, and it's just, so if you, if you, you know, again, if you boil down all of those conversations to their essence, they're all say okay, family, food, music, customs, religion. Okay. So you, there's slight variations, but they're all the same f-ing things, <laughs> right? So if you say, right. I like reggae and I say, I like rock or rap or fucking classical, whatever, we're still talking about music. So that's the important right. thing. You know, don't don't go for style over substance. The style is the different types of shit that we could talk about in any one of these uh, topics, but the substance is the topic itself. Okay, you like right. a different music than the music I like, but we both love music. What the fuck is like what what's the problem here, folks? <laughs> you, you know, go. it's like it's like what Rodney King asked, can't we all just get along? Like, you know, and Unfortunately, the answer to his question is no, we can't all just get along. And, and that's the thing that troubles me when people get into these conversations and their solution is, well, we all just need to love each other. And I'm like, okay, if your plan, if your solution for what's going to make everything okay is reliant on everybody loving each other, it's guaranteed to fail because we're not going to do that. Human beings are just not going right. to do that. Because let me ask you a question. Given what the human race has been through, even in the last, you're 43, almost 44, right? So even in the last 44 years, the shit that you've seen in your life that people have experienced, if that didn't do it, what the fuck will? That's a solid point yeah <laughs> right incontinence perhaps <laughs> yeah but but seriously like you know we all right in the last 20 years there were two wars going on at all times not to mention all the fucking wars that were going on all over the world right so war doesn't do it uh war you know, doesn't do it yeah the uh climate change all over the world motherfuckers drowning and uh and starving to death and and freezing to death and being boiled to death in the heat like that didn't do it in 20 children murdered ages six to seven that didn't do it motherfucker what the fuck is gonna do it i you know it's funny because i've asked myself that question a few times in my life and it's just like you know like it's like not that that's one of those things about 9/11 that I, I I guess I hoped for. I was like, oh man, maybe this will bring some sort of amazing peace. Yeah, so many people uh, you know, hope for it. And people yeah. some people assume that it happened and it it happened for two fucking weeks. Yeah. Maybe. Um cuz cuz it was it was after two weeks that that uh Bush the Dumber got on television and started talking about, oh, we, we don't want your help, France, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what? Yeah. You, you had, right. an, like, oh, man, if Obama was president during that time. I mean, first of all, it probably wouldn't right. have happened at all. But if it had happened, because it's like, oh, Bush kept us safe. I'm like, yeah, except for that fucking smoldering hole in downtown. Yeah, he kept us real right. fucking safe. What the fuck are you talking right. about? Right. Holy shit. 
I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I will never fully understand the way some brains can process reality, you know? And I was, I was having this conversation with my son a couple of days ago and it's like, you know why I can't? Because I don't have that kind of brain. I don't have the kind of brain that Something. can say America got hit on Bush's watch and then turn around and say Bush kept us safe. Like what? those two things cannot possibly both be true. The brain is a very interesting thing. The other day, something really weird happened. My mom was telling me that she was going to go visit my my, my uncle in Miami. You know, whatever. He has a, a vacation home down there or whatever. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to go down there for like a week, whatever. Just chill out with them. Cool. And I go to sleep. I wake up the next day and I and I confront my mom. And I was like, mom, I, I don't understand why you're going on, my, you know, your brother's house. Like. He doesn't have room for you over there. And then you got to stay at, you know, Glitchy's house. And she looks at me. She goes, who the f*** is Glitchy? And I was like, you know, the guy that you told me that you're staying in the house. It's like, I, I, I never told you that I'm staying. I'm staying with my brother. Like, what are you what are you talking about? And so I'm processing this and was like, we did not have a conversation that you told me that there is no room for you in the house. And so you have to stay at like a neighbor's house. And she said no. So I dreamt this whole thing <laughs> and remembered it. And but and I remembered it in a way where yeah. it was just so vivid. And so like I I wow, that's crazy. Didn't recall it was a dream or anything. I just had all of these details in my head. And I realized that it's like I think this happens to people and they just can't snap out of it. Maybe they just never <laughs> confirmed. They just went around I'm playing. They just tricks went, maybe they yeah, like they like like they had the same thing happen, except they maybe lived alone, and then they just kind of rolled that out and didn't have anybody to confirm it with. So it was just <laughs> like you know, like a situation where this just became reality for you, and it's scary, right? Like you know, and because it's like because I have to think about like how that very question I ponder all the time. It's like how how is it that like I'm looking at the same thing that you're looking at, and you see this completely different, you know polar opposite view that i have and it's like i i don't know how that happens right and and so i i have to assume that it has to be something something akin to that where it's like you 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 may have heard something that may have not ha even happened but it's in your brain like it's real right and so you know and now you don't trust anybody so you can't you know you can't confirm otherwise how else how else does it Maybe. happen it can't it, the Maybe. answer the the answer can't be as simple as everybody's just stupid right well everybody doesn't think like this so that would be an overreaching statement but i'm i'm referring to the people right. that like i'll give you an example of who i'm talking about the the people that got their children vaccinated with 22 different vaccines in order for them to attend public school because uh, there's right. no way around that. You cannot, under any circumstances, get a child into public school without all the vaccinations. Right? Right. So when I was younger, it was less vaccinations, but it was still vaccinations. It was still the same thing, right? So you, you happily and easily, without uh, protest whatsoever, 
got your shot, got your child shot up 22 times with 22 different vaccines, or it might not be 22 times. Sometimes they combine them. I think I don't even know. Right. But either way, it's 22 different vaccines. And now there's a new vaccine. And you become inflamed at the prospect Mm -hmm. of taking this vaccine. It's your civil liberties, which haven't been impacted whatsoever. But you start screaming civil liberties. You start screaming Bill Gates is trying to implant it on you because he wants to know where you are. It's like anybody that wants to know where you are already knows. It's it's called your cell phone, motherfucker. Like, come on. You know? And it's like, look, I'm I'm against the Homeland Security overreaching fucking spying program. I'm against all that. But at the end of the day, I don't worry about it because if you want to fucking watch me, watch me. What are you going to do? Catch me eating a sandwich? Okay, have at it. You know what I mean? So I right. don't I don't give a shit, but I, you know, I'm against it in principle, but I'm not going to worry about it because I ain't doing fucked up. You can watch me all day long. Right. You know, there, you might right. see some disturbing shit. But you're not going to see anything illegal. I mean, mostly not illegal. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but you Couple know, of slaps like, on the wrist. Yeah, but you know here. the the idea that you were cool with the 22 vaccines that your child had to get, but you're suddenly not cool with this vaccine is fascinating. But it doesn't end there. Now people start talking about ivermectin, and the same yeah. people that were completely against the idea of being vaccinated will voluntarily take ivermectin, which has virtually nothing to do with coronavirus. Now, is it? are there studies that suggest that it might possibly have some impact? Yeah, but those studies are in the minority. And as far as we can tell, it has no uh, positive effect on coronavirus. But these people are taking that. So is it a thing where it's oppositional defiance disorder? Where it's like, I'm not going to take this thing because you're saying that I should take it. But I'm going to take this other thing that makes no fucking sense just because it's my choice. Is that what we're talking about? You know, I mean, that exists. Oppositional defiance disorder fucking exists. It's a real thing. So I get that that might be what it is. But I just don't relate to it. I don't relate to people that all day long talk about, oh, patriots, make America great again, all this other shit. Oh, hey, by the way, will you help us all out by taking this vaccination? No. Right. <laughs> I won't do it. I won't protect myself, yeah. which is which is the most bizarre thing. Because as I said, like right. every biological entity has a mechanism for self-preservation. Even plants secrete uh, something that insects don't like to prevent the insects from killing them. So you're telling me, Jethro, that you don't have the fucking sensibility of a daisy. (laughs) You know, it's fucking crazy. I just, I just, I can't relate to these people and I don't think I ever will. You got a very solid point there, my friend. I'm on your team. <laughs> very good. So, oh. uh, so any closing thoughts, my 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 uh, my Flemmy friend? 
No, that's it for me, man. I'm 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 good. I think well, I think we covered our 9/11 base uh, pretty well here. Yeah. yeah. And uh I do I I do want to say something though. Um I want to talk about well actually we're running we're out of time. So on the no, next No, no, go we'll go ahead. What 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 well let let's see. Uh, we might save it, but tease it out. Well, what's on your mind? Oh, you know, like I I like I'm getting older now and I I was thinking about like, you know, my kid and it's like, what kind of world is she, am I living in? Like I start, I'm starting to feel, uh, you know, like guilty for bringing her into this world. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, well, but I, mean, I, I realize you know, listen, I could, I could, you're, you're, I don't think anybody would argue with this. Um, I think I know you very, very well. Um, I think your mother would agree with this. I think your wife would agree with this. Your daughter, maybe. Uh, most of your friends would. You're a selfish. <laughs> ah, yes, that might be the problem. Yes, I can see where you're going with that. Hey, listen, the, the biological uh, imperative is to spread your seed. And so you made a person. That's what people do. Um, um and we're making people at twice the rate as uh, people dropping dead, um, mm-hmm. which which kind of means that you know resurrection might be a thing, but you know we'll uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the persistent rumor of the future. Um, what the is future. what is it? What does it mean? Um, and uh, yeah, I think that would be a good topic to get into next time or some other time. But yeah, I I, I like that idea. You know, did did yeah. you did you up and bring your daughter into the, a world of or is there a chance it's going to be okay either way yeah. well no the- matter what we come up with after we chop it up uh on that topic one thing is certain you're still going to be a selfish no well you know what i'll buy you chocolate How's that <laughs> i don't need maybe chocolate that'll- maybe see what that'll- i'm saying see you just proved maybe my that'll- point <laughs> All right, well, whatever, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to sway you to my side. Maybe throw me a bone. You know what I mean? Um, like, you know, whatever. Um, chocolate Yoda. I'll tell you what we'll do. The next time I see you, I will bend you over my knee and smack your bottom until one or both of us has an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like friends. <laughs> <laughs> this is your heterosexual life mate signing off. <laughs> All right, that's a good spot to stop on. So, hey, everybody, peace, love, and granola, and we'll talk to you soon. Ciao, bacalao. Hi, folks, this is Chocolate Yoda. If you like this episode but want to hear the uncensored version, head over to patreon.com slash the persistent rumor. Again, patreon.com slash the persistent rumor. Thank you.